Welcome back to JNR Basketball. I'm John, joined by Ronnie, and today we're going to be talking fantasy basketball. The basketball season is just around the corner, and the last episode we talked a little bit about types and different point styles that they have. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. But one of the things we forgot to talk about was the sort of the the dynasty league and what that looks like and mm-hmm. some of the the problems maybe that you have with the dynasty league. So in that case, normally it's two players. It could be more depending on how your league is set up. But you have a you have your team from last year and now your first two picks are essentially which two players on your team do you want to keep? Now, the goal is that you keep keep good players and then you have to try to figure out, okay, well, I, based off my draft position, will I be able to get one of them back? Do I even want to get one of them back? So that kind of leaves you with some dilemmas of who do you keep? Who do you get rid of? And, you know, you have to look at the big picture because maybe someone is got, had an off year last year. Uh, maybe you had Ben Simmons last year, and now you think he's going to have a good rebound year, so maybe you want to hold on to him, but then that means you have to give up somebody good. So those struggles are real, and the, I, I, you know, you kind of have to go with your gut. There's really no good advice, especially if players are going to be ranked kind of kind of similarly. So I don't know if you have any anything you want to add to that, Ronnie, but uh, that's a, a Sophie's choice for you. Yeah, well, with Dynasty Leagues, you just keep the same team that you Basically, you, you started with last year, right? So it just continues on forever unless you trade with someone or unless so you draft someone kinds. new. Yeah, there's different kinds. They could just be that, right? And then you can you have a draft for basically the rookies coming in and or people that are just available, uh, free agents, not free agents, but people that aren't currently on teams and maybe they had a breakout year. But the yeah. more common one is that you start with your team and you're allowed to keep two, three, four, however many players, the rest of them go back into the draft pool. Gotcha. So okay. let's say, for example, the top, the, looking at some of the uh, average draft position, let's say you had Jokic, Giannis, and Luka. You have to keep two of those players. Mm-hmm. Right? Obviously, you're going to keep Jokic. Uh, and then you have to try to decide between Giannis and Luca, and, and look at you know the type of league that you're playing in. Is it points or is it uh, a roto league? Is it head to head or or not? So you have to kind of look at all of those different factors, yeah. And ultimately, you know, decide which one you want to keep, and then hope maybe you can draft the other one back, especially if you have the first draft pick, or if um, you know if there's someone you can replace them with. It somebody else had to give up. Yeah. See, I, as that, far as I understood it, I. I thought you just kept the same team and then it seemed like the youngest players were the most valuable because you had to keep your right. team for you know year after year and then they had like a lot of trade value too but then like you sometimes if you have all these young guys you don't necessarily win too much because you're letting these more experienced and like really good players like beat you every year you know so it's it's kind of really it's, tough to it's a balance yeah yeah exactly so if you're down to your last two and you have to give up, let's say, Jason Tatum or LeBron James, based off that logic, the obvious answer is Jason Tatum, even though LeBron may have a better year in his 20th season. But you know the longevity of Jason Tatum is going to outlast LeBron. So you make a decision more about the long-term future of your team than the right. short term. And you could actually trade like draft picks as well, too. So next year, yeah. if you have like a number one draft pick, you could trade that for maybe a couple of good players that were good last year. But then, you know, they're going to draft someone young and then they're going to have that player for the entire time, most likely. 
Yeah, it's tough depending on how it's set up. And the problem, I, I used to do these for other fantasy sports. The problem I was had with these is that I had flaky people I played the leagues with. So yeah. the dynasty was one year because half the people would quit and it just kind of gets messy. So it's, it's really good if you have an established group of friends or acquaintances that you know are going to be there year in and year out. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to, to do that sort of league. Yeah, absolutely. Would you do that right now? Would you get into that? Because I, I don't know if I would. I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for that either. I, yeah. I think I need a, a little bit of, uh, you know, I learned by making terrible mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think I need to make some some fantasy basketball mistakes to really kind of learn my lesson. And, you know, just just like anything, right, you have to research, you have to do your due diligence to make sure you can put together the right team. And th- the league settings sometimes dictate, right, wh- who, who who's better, who's worse. Uh, right. for that situation so yeah, yeah it's it's tough i i like just starting off fresh and not having the same guys that i did last year or right. you know just just starting all over again yeah dump those bums and get a right. whole new group of bums exactly <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to open up the fantasy mailbag and these are some questions that uh, we've gotten and just kind of talk about those okay. uh this first one i really really like and it's it's sort of which players off night is the worst. So the premise is these are all going to be first round players, but the worst of how do I word this? Who is going to have a bat? Whose lows are going to be the lowest? Let's let's word okay. it that way. So you know uh, you have Jokic, you have Giannis, you have Durant, Harden, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Seth Curry, and Jason Tatum. So of those, who has the lowest lows? Who has these off nights that are just absolutely brutal to your points? Got it. So yeah, who's most likely to like score zero points and just have... You know, I mean, not- no one's going to score <laughs> zero points, but who's just going to have well, such a lousy game that you're just like, ugh, what are you doing on my team, you bum? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be zero points, but whose lows are the lowest of, of that group? And I'd like to first remove from the list is uh, Nikolai Jokic. He does not have an off night. Uh, yeah. His off nights are still all-star caliber nights. So he's definitely not the right answer to that question. Right. Well, I think you're, who's, who's near Seth Curry again? Can you name, name off those players? Who's above him and below him? Yeah, so uh, Jason Tatum, Seth Curry, Carl Anthony Towns, Luca, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Giannis. Okay, Seth Curry. Seth Curry, you're removing from the list, or you're saying he saying he has the lowest lows. He'll be the lowest of the lows. Well, you you are saying Seth and not Steph, right? <laughs> no, I am saying. Oh, caught me. I'm saying <laughs> Steph Curry of the Golden oh, State okay. Warriors. Never mind. Uh, that, actually, s- well. I probably, Seth Curry is not a first round pick. <laughs> well, I I don't know. Maybe I thought I thought his field goal percentage was high, and I don't. Yeah, I didn't think no. he was up there, but no, I got, no. So I I might still go with Steph Curry because he does have those off nights, and I don't think he's as high as a fantasy player as these other guys. I, I mean, yeah, he's the MVP of the league, but when it comes to stats and things, and when it comes to scoring points, like the the fantasy stats are set, I don't think he's up there. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. The, the The counter argument I would have with that is when he has an off night, he recognizes he's having an off night, mm-hmm. and he's gonna he's gonna rack up your assists, and he's gonna maybe focus on defense and get you some steals, get some rebounds uh, on either end of the floor. So he's smart enough of a player, and he trusts his teammates enough to know, hey, I don't have to be on tonight, but I can still contribute 
both from a basketball perspective and from a fantasy's perspective yeah. uh, to help that team. Uh, but I'm, I'm my my thought. The two people I'll tell you the two guys I was struggling with, and they're kind of in the same vein as Curry. Trey is, Young, uh, Jason, Jason, Trey, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young. Okay. Uh, and the reason are is that you know those guys are shooters, and mm. it's just like Curry is right. And if they're right. having an off night with the shot, that can really you know be detrimental. Kevin Durant, James Harden, those guys can get into the paint and get some high percentage shots. Obviously, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid are the same way. Carl Anthony Towns is probably closer to Luca than than Curry, uh, but he could he'd probably be in the the lower half of that list as well as far as the lowest lows. But I think ultimately I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. We saw him have some pretty off nights even during the NBA Finals yeah. that just were kind of head-scratching. Some of the shot selection, he was, and maybe that comes with maturity, but some of his shot selection was just poor. He was definitely trying to force it. Now, obviously, the NBA Finals are a much different stage than Tuesday night in Oklahoma City, but he he doesn't seem to quite have that grasp yet. Yeah. See, I don't but know. Trey Young was close. Yeah, I, I was thinking Trey Young and the point guards basically because when they have off nights, they have a low shooting percentage and they have no way to gain the back from you know blocks like centers and forwards do. I mean, yeah, they right. could get a block, but it's not very likely. They could get steals, but I don't know. I just think when they have off nights, it's a little more lower than it would be um, than a you know forward or center when they they're they're having those they have those high percentage shots. You know they're more likely to get like 70% shooting from the field because they're right underneath the hoop and dunking it and stuff. So I would say yeah, those totally guys. Agree. Okay. Yeah. So we're sort of in the same vein. I, I thought about Luca for a minute, but then I realized that was just my opinion of him. That was <laughs> <laughs> directing my, my anger. Uh, but he, he can also score in the paint a lot easier. He's a big body. Yeah. Um, so I kind of removed him from there. So uh, I'm going to stick with Jason Tatum. And it, you're you're sticking with Trey Young? Is that who you're? Yep, final, I would go with him probably. Answers? Yeah, a little. I I'm looking at him and Curry, and I think when Trey Young has off night, um, it's going to be worse than Curry. So yeah, I'll stick with Trey Young. And that might change, right, with the addition of Dejounte Murray. Maybe now mm-hmm. he doesn't have to force it, and he can sort of pick up those assists like we see with Curry is having an off night. So who yeah. knows? Yeah, but I haven't yeah, seen uh, Curry decline at all yet. You know, so I, I think he's going to stay right where he is next year and. Trey Young, who knows? Yeah, he he could increase. He could get a little better, but he was doing so good with without these good guys on his team. So yeah, with the, that addition, Murray, um, I don't, I don't think he'll. I think he'll stay right around the same, anyways. Okay, yeah, no, I I agree. I think we have yet to see the big decline there. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't come. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> yeah. it will. It always comes. Yeah. All right. The next question we have is: It's an ESPN points league. You can keep two of these players, Josh Giddy, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, and Russell Westbrook. Which two players are you keeping? Holiday and uh, I, I want to say Westbrook, but I can't. <laughs> but who is, this, who is the second guy you said? Ben Simmons, Mr. Sim- uh, boy. <laughs> Mr. Nobody. I, I mean... You know, I will go Westbrook because we don't know if Ben Simmons is going to play. Honestly, like it's yeah. it's so tough right now with his back surgery, and um, I I got to go with the guys that are going to be on a floor for sure, and you know they're going to get numbers, just maybe not as good as they used to. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with those guys. That that is who I picked as well, but I gave serious consideration to Josh Giddy. I just don't know 
what his role is going to look like. Right. And if they're going to get, if they get it figured out, it could be great if they don't. And they kind of have some internal struggles there. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to see how that's all going to play out. So yeah, I, I, just like you, the proven entities of Westbrook and holiday seem like the best pick there. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with, I'll stick with what I said though. Josh Giddy's a shooting guard, shooting, uh, shooting forward and plays for Oklahoma, but I don't, I just don't know enough about him. So yeah, he, right. he well, might now be. You're teaming him up with Chet, right? And what's Chet's going to, are they going to sort of do like a spread offense? Yeah. And he'll, he'll have a lot of opportunities to be open and, and get the shots or. He could uh, be. Yeah, you don't know. He could be a really good sleeper though. Sleeper pick. Wow. He's 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's we crazy. haven't seen him play. He He's a rookie and. <laughs> Yeah. Now, if it's a dynasty league, I'm taking Josh Giddy over yeah. those guys. <laughs> See, and that's that's why I thought you would like this dynasty league too. I I thought when you yeah. heard that you're gonna be all in because I know how you love these young guys. I hate and, I, yeah, <laughs> your team is just gonna perv. be young as hell, and I'm gonna have all these veterans. I'm gonna beat you, but you're gonna have like the youngest team and like the most yeah. value for trades in the league. <laughs> Josh Giddy is 19 years old from Australia, so there you go. Australians okay. playing basketball. What's next? He's he's a good sleeper pick. Then I I'm gonna keep him on. Well, my I don't list. think he's a, I don't think he's a sleeper at all. I think you're gonna see him pretty high um, well, in some of the ADPs. Actually, let's see if we can find him here on. Uh, like you just said, I mean, he's teaming up with all these other good young guys too, and they're yeah. Oklahoma City is uh, they're looking good. They're putting a team together, so we'll see. So Josh Giddy, depending on where you look at, he's going to be taken anywhere from. 50 to to 100 that's a pretty big range um, <laughs> so and i he, did a mock draft will be drafted sorry i did a mock draft recently and he was taken in round six so yeah how many teams um there was 10 teams in this draft that i okay. did okay so that's that's right towards the high end of that yeah so okay uh next question it looks like they have the ability – I don't know if it's a trade or, or what the scenario is, but they're choosing between these two pairs of players. So DeMar DeLaRosen, Paul George, or Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. So which pair of players would you keep? Probably the Paul George one because I like him the best out of all four of those players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, DeMar DeRozan and Paul George would definitely be my pick. We don't know the health status of any of those guys, but certainly Anthony Davis. Uh, we don't know if Russell Westbrook is going to be a starter next year. You hear so yeah. many wild things coming out. I think he will be a starter. I still think he's going to have really good stats. But it's the fear of the unknown that makes me want to commit to Russell Westbrook when I could have Paul George. Yeah, and you said Anthony Davis was on there too, right? Anthony Davis, yeah. yeah so, so Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, or yeah. Yeah, so he's just not healthy enough to draft really i mean if you're gonna exactly. get him on your team you're gonna try to get him at the at the lowest part of the draft you can you know like if you if he's left on the board and like there's no one else left good to pick that's reliable then you could pick him up but you god he's he, he i don't even think he played like half the year last year he, he's tough to draft yeah but he's you know we talk about the highest highs and the lowest mm -hmm. lows i yeah. think he's probably a second or third round pick just because when he's healthy and on the court and you're going to have a motivated Lakers team because they didn't make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I, I disagree with your placement of him. I think he's going to go significantly higher. You're not going to, you're not going to see him drop past the fourth round. I think. 
Oh, yeah, Unless some new not. story comes out and he like turns out he's half a robot or something. But <laughs> I, I think I think you're going to see him get drafted. Oh, yeah, you're right. He'll be towards the top. But I'm just saying if there's you, you just want to get him at a discount, though. You don't want to go sure, for sure. him before yeah. other players don't reach like, and take him in the first or second. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's so and and in my draft, he went in the second round. He was sixth in the second round. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, there was other players like before him was LeBron James, John Morant, and then him, Anthony Davis, and then Damian Lillard and Sabonis DeMontes. So, and then there's like Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, you, you're comparing him to like LeBron James and John Morant, you know? So yeah, if they're still on that board, you definitely want to get them before him. Right. Because at least those guys are a little more reliable than Anthony Davis. And they Absolutely. score a lot, score lots yeah, of fantasy I, points. I wouldn't want him to be my my primary center yeah you gotta have a really good backup when he gets hurt right or, or no no you need him to be the backup <laughs> you <laughs> yeah play the matchups it's better <laughs> i would say but yeah you know the draft boards can do crazy things when uh you think you're safe to get somebody in the third round somebody reaches and takes them in the second round and mm-hmm. potentially messes up your whole evening right but yeah, when you see that you got to play against him in a fantasy league, like when he's healthy, you're going to be like, oh man, I maybe I should have right. picked him up, you know, because now I got to play against this guy. So that's the way I look at it. Like, who do you not want to play against? Pick those guys so you don't have to play against them. I absolutely love that strategy because I'll be going against you in fantasy. But yep. <laughs> for me, that's a terrible strategy. <laughs> well, I want to root I want to root for the guys that I have on my team. So yeah, yeah you know, I have my I have my heart in it in positive ways. You're yeah. you're drafting with your heart out of hate. You're like the <laughs> Grinch. <laughs> no, and I, I end up with pretty good teams whenever I did the football, fantasy football, I doing that what method it ended up pretty good. But yeah, like looking at a guy like Luca, for example, I hate him. I don't want him on my team, but also I don't yeah. want to lose against him. So if I draft him, <laughs> I'm not going to play against him. And he's a good player too, you know? So yeah, I'll, I'll I, would, I would draft Luca because I understand he's such a good player, but I would, it's one of those. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I feel dirty just even saying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. So one, one player that I hate in the NFL is um, Aaron Rodgers. Can't stand that guy. <laughs> I I drafted him last year, and he uh, I I actually ended up trading him because he had the f- worst week one he ever had in his life. Now there was all this talk and everything about him, like being crappy in the locker room, and I just couldn't stand him. I traded him in week two, and then he like got MVP at a league. So after that, after I traded him, of course he does like fantastic. So I feel like that would happen with like any other person here, like Luca, for example. He might have like a bad first week or whatever, and then. I would trade him because I hate him anyways, and then he would become MVP of the league and screw me. Well, the biggest difference between football and basketball is, you know, 82 games versus 17 games is, you know, if he's bad for one game, that's a decent percent of the season. So you really have to move on a little bit quicker. I think you have a little bit of a longer leash in basketball, knowing that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. Uh, jumping back to Aaron Rodgers, the dude is a multimillionaire, but he also looks like he could be cleaning the bathrooms at a truck stop. <laughs> Just like the way his yep. greasy hair is and the man know. bun that he was wearing. I don't get it. Like you never see Tom Brady dress like that. You never yeah. see some of these other top tier players. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's not a <laughs> he's a gross looking dude sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Not too many ladies say they like him either too. They all like Tom Brady. So um, yeah. that's kind of 
take that into consideration, guys, when you're actually trying to, it's, it's better to look neat and clean cut and not with your hair all grown out in a man bun. You know, as a bald man, <laughs> I don't even want a man bun. <laughs> if, if, if I could suddenly grow my hair back, but the, like the, the monkey's paw was, I only could wear it in a, in a man bun. <laughs> I would, I would stay bald. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's I don't a, think. I that's know a I good would. idea. Yeah. No, I, I think bald looks are really good. I don't like when people Thanks. have like the mushroom hair, you know, like the, the half baldness, like they're trying to keep their, the hair that they yeah. have. Nope. Just, just get rid of it. Just go totally bald. Quit trying to save what you, <laughs> little you have. And that, that's that right. Yeah. Get a hat, shave your head. It's yep. all good. Exactly. All right. Next question for us here is it's a keeper league again. Two players that they can keep Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, Darren Fox, or Kyrie Irving. Out of all four, you could get to get to keep two. Keep two of those four players. Yep. Okay. I would say Carl Anthony Towns because he's going to be one of the best centers in the league. Um, I think he's going to play fantastic with a. The new edition of uh, what's his name, Rudy Gobert, and then I kind of am feeling Kyrie Irving a little bit out of all those guys. I think he's motivated to kind of prove to Kevin Durant that he's worth staying on the team for, and I think all this talk about Kevin Durant requesting a trade is firing up Irving too. So I would pick him. Interesting. I took the a uh, total opposite approach. And I went with Bradley Beal and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Bradley Beal had a, a pretty rough year last year. Mm-hmm. But I think it was an anomaly more than anything else. He was trying to figure out a situation. that he it's It was similar to DeAndre Ayton's situation here, right? He didn't have a contract. And yeah. he you know, was playing sort of with that uncertainty. Normally, you don't want to play like that in a contract year. But he got, he got signed. He got re-signed by Washington. So I think he's going to play a little more relaxed this year a little less tense mm-hmm. uh Darren yeah. Fox of the Kings I think the Kings are going to be a surprise playoff team this year uh maybe no not way. this year uh, next year for sure I mean these guys are young and they are starting to have some fun there and I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch now for them to become a playoff team you have to look in the west and say okay who's going to fall back right uh, that gets that gets a little trickier but i think you're going to see an improved kings team this year maybe they make the play-in tournament but they they are not far from finally making a return to the playoffs yeah uh, like i said if not this year then i would say next year for sure uh so i would keep De'Aaron fox and bradley beal so the opposite of you and the reason you know, Carl Anthony Towns, I agree with you 100%. I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, but they've mixed up that team chemistry quite a bit by bringing in Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And how long is it going to take for him to figure it out? Not just him, but the, the rest of the team to figure out what their roles are. And Kyrie is Kyrie. Um, you know, in, in fantasy news, news that might impact your fantasy teams is that you know they apparently have reached an agreement or an understanding with Kevin Durant. So Kevin Durant is going to be on this team next year. He's going to be on this Nets team with Kyrie Irving. Are there some sore feelings and some some anger and, and some I'll show you sort of this going on? Yeah. And how is that going to impact Kyrie? Uh, plus, Kyrie's just a wild card, right? He could just wake up and be like, the rings of Saturn feel off. I will not play today. And they'd just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Nothing you can do about that. Yep. Nothing you can do. Those rings—they're important. Well, <laughs> and, yeah. And I, 
I agree with you. Like when you, I'm all about team chemistry. You know, you've heard me say that plenty of times. Um, when LeBron James got together with, uh, why am I doing Wade? And then Chris Bosh, um, they didn't win the championship their first year, even though he was said, you know, five, six, seven rings. They, it took them a while to mesh together and learn each other. Right. And until, you know, they, it was about like a, another year later, then they won their ring. So it does take a little while when they get good players put together. So yeah, I would agree with you with Carl Anthony Towns and, and, uh, Rudy Gobert. But I also wanted to go over when I, in my mock draft, Carl Anthony Towns was drafted eighth. So I beat you there. Kyrie Irving was drafted 12th. So, and then compared to Bradley Beal, who was drafted, let's see, 24th. He's pretty far down the list. Yeah. yeah. So that's. And ooh. Fox ooh. was round five, ninth. So 59th. 20, 30, 40. Yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So his, you're, you're absolutely right. His draft position is way down the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, spoiler alert. Either I'm gonna be <laughs> really dead wrong and you should listen to the to the mock drafts and the, the ADPs that come out, or I have some sixth sense and uh I'm getting you some sleepers <laughs> yeah, in, I, in the, the round. So we'll see what I happens. I mean, I would I don't like that Fox was drafted so far down there. I mean when compared to other point guards, I think he has a lot more potential than some of these guys that were being picked. But like I don't know, like for example, CJ McCollum, I don't he's a point guard slash shooting hard um i think fox could be better than drew holiday too as well so i i think you can well, move I think, them up i think mccollum is going to have the advantage of having zion and having those other guys he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of assists and mm-hmm. he's gonna get a lot of open shots because yeah. of the extra attention and maybe that's why maybe that went into it right with De'Aaron fox it's it's him the being the primary scorer and everything so that's that, that plays a role in it yeah i don't know well, if you have the choice, if they're all of them are on the board, and I'm going to throw another one in, how about Chris Paul is on the board too? Because he was in, in round four. Which guy would you choose out of all those guys? Would you still pick Fox over yes. any of these guys? Yes. Okay. So this was a dynasty league, right? That's why they had two keepers. <laughs> so I'm not keeping Chris Paul, Grandpa Paul, no way. Yeah. Uh, so I would keep those younger guys and hope that they develop into something. Now, admittedly, they might not be better this year, mm-hmm. but. Five years from now, they'll be the better players. Yeah. Obviously, because Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis will both be out of the league uh, in five years, probably. <laughs> yeah, watch uh, De'Aaron Fox gets traded away from Sacramento onto a good team. Yeah, watch him go to a contender, and then I'll be <laughs> laughing yep. all the way to the imaginary fantasy bank. <laughs> uh, last question for us here, and this one is probably going to be a little bit of a discussion, but uh, should they do a Roto League? Should they do a head-to-head league? And I think... We both have some opinions on this, and I, I think I'm actually going to do one league of each just to uh, see which one I prefer because it's, it's, you can make an argument for either. But mm-hmm. I like the, the sort of trash talking that you get from a head-to-head league. Um, you know, you can kind of set up some rivalries like, oh, I got to play this guy again. I can't wait to, to beat him or I hope that I beat him this time. I got screwed last time. Uh, so to kind of create that excitement and extra yeah to it. Where, it, as with the Roto League, you definitely benefit for the long season, right? You don't. Yeah. You could build a team that doesn't necessarily have to be clicking week in, week out, but it's built for the long haul, and you get rewarded for that. So, from that sense, it makes more sense to do a Roto. So, it really kind of depends on your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's going to keep you more engaged? What's going to keep your the people you're playing with more engaged? Now, sometimes that means you have to do head to head because they have short attention spans and they, they don't really they don't really care. But if if you have people that are invested, I would I would say you should do a roto league if if that's the personality of your group of people that you're participating with. Yeah. You just said it perfectly. I can't word it any better. I do agree with you where, you know, you just have to go with what you like the best and what's going to keep your interested for the most part of the, the year. Cause it is a long league. And, um, I like your idea of testing both of them out too. If you're not sure which one to do, then do both. You could do one with your friends that you think that they're going to like the most, but on the side, maybe do one with some, some other random group of people like, and where you could just sign up for a league with randoms out there, just do that. So that way you could get, get to experience what the other league is like too. And then you could spread the word on to your friends, you know, of, oh, I, I like this better in this league. And then maybe you could switch it over next year. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's probably the best approach is that you're, you're going to have to find, you're going to have to experiment a little bit as well. And yeah. you might lose some players that only want to do head to head and half of them want to do Roto, but um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to uh to figure out what's best, but you know, you know your friends. League size depends on it a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. If six players, eight players, ten players, twelve players, you know, that that maybe is more beneficial for one style versus the other. And maybe that's better. I I can make an argument for either side there too. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'd, I'd say just try both of them. Question, so I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's probably the best. The only way to, to answer them. your question is for you to try both so that way you could experience both and then you'll know. Absolutely. So if you have a question for uh, myself and Ronnie, send us a tweet, reach out to us on the JNR fan line, and we will uh, we'll answer it next week during our fantasy podcast when we open the fantasy mailbag. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and close the imaginary mailbag, Ronnie. Well, close it, it tight. I don't secured. want any questions falling out of there. <laughs> and stowed safely. So uh, let's take a look at ADPs. ADP is average draft positions. And several different places have started to release there. So Yahoo, Fantrax, and ESPN is on the link that I just sent you. Mm -hmm. And it lists them all kind of side by side. And then it blends them together in some special formula to kind of create a list. And uh, was there anything – I don't know how much time you've had to look over this. Was there anything shocking to you, anything that jumped out to you that um, kind of took you by surprise? Not yet. And no, I haven't had too much time. So if something jumped out at you, go ahead. Oh, thank you. I will. <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant on Yahoo is 2.9, and then ESPN and Fantrax have him 7.6 and 7.9, respectively. Oh, wow. That's a pretty wide margin for for somebody like that, and it's almost the opposite for Giannis. Yahoo has him at 6.5, where ESPN and Fantrax have him at 2.2 and 2.9. So really, those two, between the different sites, are, are very, very different, and I didn't quite understand that. I'm wondering, you know, the Kevin Durant news broke, I think, today or maybe last night that he was he met with uh, the, the team front office and they're going to make it work. So maybe that impacted some of their ratings for the better or for worse. But I was a little bit shocked by that. So let's talk about Giannis first. I have Giannis very highly rated. He gets a lot of assists. He scores high percentage shots. I think he... I think the the two to three range is probably more realistic versus the six and a half that Yahoo has. Where do you have Giannis in sort of your mind? Yeah, I, I think I would put him at like where Yahoo has him, more in the six range instead of the two range. I agree. So if you have him in the six range, 
What five players are you taking before Giannis? Embiid, Kevin Durant, uh, Luca. So you are probably. taking Durant, okay? Yeah. Luca. I, I assume Jokic. You didn't mention him, but I assume that's on the list ahead of. Giannis. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. I, I thought we assumed that he was number one, but you, out of like <laughs> yeah, every do. any single league, <laughs> you got to pick him. Yes, he is. He is pretty much the universe, unless he like tears his ACL in, in preseason or something. Yeah, right. he'll be the number one pick. Yeah, I would so you s- had Jokic, Luca, Joel, Embiid, Kevin Durant. Yeah, so that's four. So then you're taking Giannis fifth, or are and, you looking at like a Steph Curry or Cat or? Yeah, I see Steph Curry and Trey Young next on the list here, but then there's Tatum and Carl Anthony Towns. I I would probably take Carl Anthony Towns over the point guards Steph Curry and Trey Young. Okay, that's sort of the strategy I'm looking at as well. Is with my first pick, I want a ball handling center and or power forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully I'm in the top of the draft order in yeah. order to kind of secure that because there's really only a few. I'm not going to reach and take like Bam as number seven or something like that. So if you know if that happens, that happens. But that's sort of what I'm looking at. Um, just seeing another pretty large deviation between uh, Trey Young, you know, Yahoo has him at 4.2, 10, and 11 on ESPN fan tracks. Uh, yeah. So they're they're giving him a lot a lot of credit. Maybe that's with Jajante Murray coming over. They feel like that's going to open him up a little bit more. Yeah, interesting to see these these big gaps too. I was looking at a same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. You know, he's seven on Yahoo and thirteen point two on ESPN. So it, that's a almost a double gap right there. That's a lot of spots. So yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I wonder what they are looking at to. Make those differences. I wonder how the scoring differences compared to Yahoo and ESPN. I'm I'm not sure right. exactly what it is, but very interesting. And it would be interesting too is to see, you know, to take a snapshot of this and then compare it to the season's results to see how close mm-hmm. some of these different ones are. Now, obviously, injuries play a big role in that. Um, you kind of have to discount those. But one of the things that you 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 mentioned Kevin Durant was ahead of Giannis. I just worry about that situation in Brooklyn and how it's all going to play out. Yeah. So that would, that would give me sort of a pause when, if, if I was number two, who am I taking? Mm-hmm. I'm probably taking Durant, not Durant. Who I just said, I wouldn't take Durant. I'm probably <laughs> taking Giannis or Joel Mead. Honestly, I would have to uh, kind of think about that for a while, but that's, that's who I'm going to take it to. If I have two, if yeah. I'm at three, I'm going to take whichever one is on the board, Giannis or Joel Mead. Um, and if both those guys are gone, then maybe I start looking at, at Kevin Durant. Um, maybe I start looking at Carl Anthony Towns. I think James Harden is going to have a good bounce back year. I don't know if I would take him at three or four, if that's the case, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it starts to get, it starts to get tricky. And you know, that's, that's sort of the beauty of doing these drafts is you have to react to the board. If you're thinking, okay, I'm at five, James Harden will be there. He's not projected to go till you know, later in the first round and all of a sudden somebody takes them, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of have to go into panic mode and, and figure out, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. That's the hardest thing to explain to somebody is it's really hard to tell them who to pick when it depends how the board looks and how right. it, it depends like on um, these players that you're playing against is if everyone's going to go for centers for the first part of the draft, well then you're going to end up with like a lot of good point guards that you could probably steal for, for, you know, just make your team great, you know, but then yeah. again, like then you're left with like hardly any good centers. So it, it is, it's just kind of depending on what your board looks like and how you're, what you, what you have to, 
what you have left to draft too to make your team complete. Um, you mentioned draft strategies earlier too, so I, I kind of feel like we might be on the same wavelength uh, where for strategies go. I would go for like centers and forwards first, um, more than like point guards and guards. Are are we on the same level? Yeah, I think so. Now, Luca is probably there's certainly exceptions, right? When you look mm-hmm. at the top guards here, you know. Those guys are really good and they score a lot of points, but I feel like, and it'd be interesting to look at. I don't have the numbers in front of me between like the top point guard and maybe the medium point guard. What's the point differential versus the draft difference? Yeah. So if I can get one that's maybe you know thirty percent less productive, but I can get him in the fifth round and I can load up on some other players. Well, to me, that's worth it. Right. Um. So you just kind of have to. Yeah. Just I think you you said it perfectly. You have to adjust your strategy based off what's happening in the draft board or go all in and hope that you, you know, you have three really solid guards and maybe you you can get up a trade set up with somebody that has a center and, and, mm-hmm. and work it, work that route. So right. That's tough. Yeah. That's sometimes you could pick up a good player and use them as trade bait later. So if, if everyone's drafting all those centers and forwards and then you have like the best point guard in the league, then yeah, you're you're gonna have him for trade bait, and then you could maybe trade him for a center or forward later on in the league too. So, um, yeah, you all could look at it that way too. So, I'm gonna go back to like when I I always compare it to fantasy football because I've done that for years, right? So, running backs in fantasy football is always a position that you want to draft first for the most part. Do you see? So I I actually see the center position as like the running back position in my mind. What do you think? Do you, do you agree with that? Not necessarily the center, but yes, I agree with that. A, okay. a big man that can handle the ball. Like Giannis doesn't typically play center, but mm-hmm. he's that that big body type of player that scores a lot of points, gets fouled a lot, can handle the ball and get assists, get yeah. rebounds. So that's that's exactly what I'm sort of looking at. So when I look at this list, right, my top three are probably Jokic, Giannis, and Joel Mead. Um and then maybe go down a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Butler is fairly low on this list, which was, I thought was kind of shocking. But mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a, a better year. I mean, he had a great year last year. Uh, maybe that's a little bit too much of a reach to bring him up to the first round. Uh, but those sort of, sort of style of players, if I can get yeah. that in the first round, I'm going to be happy. If not, if I can't get one of those top three, I'm probably looking at a big forward like a James Harden, LeBron James, Jason Tatum type of player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to be lo- – Kevin Durant falls into that list as well. I'm not going to be looking at my my shooting guards or my point guards like a Curry, Young um, okay, sort yeah. of guys until a little bit later. At least that's my plan. And I, I only make this comparison because I know there's so many people out there that play fantasy football too, you know, so it's going to help them understand a little bit more too. Um, I actually see the point guard position as like the quarterback position. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And some of it comes – yes, I do. Because they – a good point guard – I mean, we, being Phoenix-based and Phoenix Suns fans, we mm-hmm. saw the difference having Chris Paul and Steve Nash versus having you know, Ricky Rubio. We saw a huge significant improvement. He's a mid-tier point guard. And yeah. then we saw the years where we had no point guard and it, we were just a garbage team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then when you go down the list too, I mean, you're looking at some of these point guards like Trey Young. Yeah, he's Steph, Steph Curry. Let's go to Steph Curry. So he he would be like the best point guard of the league. And so, yeah, you kind of want to draft him earlier because like a quarterback position is important, just like as it is in, in like 
fantasy basketball where the point guard position is important because they always have the ball, right? They, they're, they're the ones right. making the decisions when they bring it up the court. So I think it is very important to have a main point guard on a team. But then you look at like the value of these guys and how far it drops off compared to like other point guards in a league too. Like there's a big gap where, you know, from compared to like good players to like average players to poor, poor players in, in the point guard position. So I think it is kind of important to draft a point guard earlier in the draft than later, for sure. Like you, you have to fill that position in pretty quickly because it's just like the, the main position. But yeah, so I would go like, center first and then like point guard second and then fill in all the other positions because in like this Yahoo draft I was I was doing there's so many players in a league that play like multiple positions like shooting right. guard slash pow, um forward slash you know power forward so that you like there's some players that play like all three of those positions so yeah you could wait to draft those positions later on and fill those no, I, I agree to a certain extent with what you said. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your point guards are going to get you assists, especially if you're playing in a category league. Super important to have those assists. But having that center or power forward guy is also going to get you assists. So mm-hmm. I, I would almost say maybe the third round, unless there's like a Steph Curry on the board, I might wait till the third round to take my point guard. And I might try to do, uh, just kind of looking at this list, I might try to do, uh, oh, let's see, if I'm in the, like a Giannis in the first round, a, jeez, Paul George in the second round maybe, mm-hmm. and then start looking at point guards at that point, doing like a, a Chris Paul or, or Bradley Beal or something. Yeah. But then there's like a player, like, um, I don't know who this guy is, and people are going to be like, what do you mean you don't know who he is? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I do. So he's like a, a, I think he's a rookie on Oklahoma City, but he plays shooting forward, power forward, and center. So if you pick him up, then you have like three positions covered to like sub out with like for a a good position. So, um, and there's some good players that, that do both these positions too. Like James Harden is a point guard slash shooting guard. So is, I think LeBron James played four different positions last year. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, so yeah, fill in those important positions like center and point guard. You know those those ones are only like there's limited players for those positions, but the middle ones, there's a lot of players that like have both positions covered on there. So absolutely, you have more more choices for those positions than you do for point guard and centers. So the the advice I guess that we are giving, and we're gonna we're gonna end the show with this, is do some of those mock drafts and kind of get a feel of how. Things experiment with it, right? Make a run on point guards early and see if that starts something, mm-hmm. uh, and then see what you look like at the center position. Or start off with with centers. You know, you can kind of experiment with a couple of different strategies. Now, the mock drafts are a little bit weird because you have people that are just on autopilot with some of those, but it does kind of give you a sense of what am I going to be left with if I take this position over this position at, at this round and, and wait an extra round. You know, there there is a huge drop off in point guards after you take away Steph Curry, Trey Young. Um, are you okay with that? Can you live with that? And and you're getting that value that they bring somewhere else potentially. So mm-hmm. take a look at those, experiment, reach out to us if you have questions, and uh, we'll be happy to discuss it here on the podcast. But that is going to do it for this fantasy edition, fantasy basketball. So check out some fantasy basketball leagues. Sign up if you haven't already. The basketball season is upon us. 
and we'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Good luck on your drafts, guys. Yep.